We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, we're back. Another episode, Ain't No Seats Podcast. Real quick, we got to talk about Emprise Bank. You can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. Shout out Emprise Bank. And boys, we also got to talk about DraftKings. It was the first weekend, first college football weekend where we could legally bet on college football. And it was fun. I had a great weekend. We got to talk about DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook book. Sportsbook app is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Thursday is almost here. Want more action for opening night kickoff? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700, 21-plus. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions applied. Bonus issued as free bets one early win token issued at opt-in and money line bets only deposit and wagering restrictions apply eligibility in terms at draftkings.com slash kansas on behalf of boot hill resort and casino all right boys we said it uh first weekend we can bet on bet on football i uh you know I, i i think back to us sitting outside the tailgate and waiting for the game to start, we were kind of having conversations like, man, doesn't it feel crazy to not bet against KU? Like, we're we're 32-and-a-half point favorites. I remember telling B-Turn, like, dude, we've been here 
we've seen this up close. Like we've seen how crazy it feels to bet on KU minus 32 and a half. And like, I don't know. It felt like I was kind of starting to talk. I wasn't that I didn't think KU was going to win. I thought we'd still win easily, but I had like these doubts of like, can we really go in and dominate a football game from start to finish? And luckily we did. I mean, it was, I mean, I would say it's as good of an opener as we've had in a while. Uh, It just felt like we had complete control. We looked like as we should, but we looked like, a far superior football team. Um, and we hit the over. I got the over at 55. The over went up as the day went on, but like the Hawks hit the over on them by themselves. So that was pretty nice to see. So offense looked good. Uh, B-turn, give me your thoughts from opening night. Uh, just the overall day. I think it went about as good as possible. what do you think? Yeah, it was a beautiful day. It was pretty much perfect. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I parked like a mile away because there was no parking and just walking up, seeing – um college students like having parties outside their house and seeing families it just it felt different and i don't know if you guys agree but it just felt like there was a little buzz in lawrence which could be a season opener thing but just felt different to me and i knew there was going to be a bigger crowd than most home openers we've had in the past but yeah it was perfect our defense they couldn't move the ball in our defense at all couple three and outs tennessee tech's punter was maybe the worst punter in the history of the sport (laughs) So we had fun watching him and their field goal kicker. But, yeah, they couldn't move the ball. And then, I mean, even in the first half, we should have scored more points. We had first and goal at the eight, tried to run it three times, I think, with Kai Thomas. Ended up going forward on fourth and goal at the two. We threw a fade to Lawrence Arnold, which did not like at all. I just don't like giving – you have one option on the entire play on a fourth down. Um, Yeah. I feel like you got to give time for JD to improvise and make something happen there. But yeah, we could have scored even more points in the first half and JD just impressed the hell out of me. I know we all saw that throw. He made to Skinner deep on the left sideline was just an absolute dime. And then Devin Neal, I think I had a couple guys text me after the game saying that it sucked. He only got four carries, but I love that he's fresh next week against West Virginia and Four carries for 108, two touchdowns. BMAC said he's an all-Big 12 guy, um, and he looked amazing. So, yeah, it was a perfect night. The weather was awesome. The buzz was different. Concessions kind of sucked, which I guess we can talk about. That's just a big topic. You can hammer that every week in Lawrence, (laughs) Kansas. Concessions are going to be underperforming. That's a a hammer. But, Um, yeah, I mean, best tailgate before the games. We need to get some – of our listeners yeah. out there for the hopefully kind of worried about the Duke game just because if we lose the next two weeks we're one and two kind of worried mm-hmm. about attendance for the Duke game but if if they win one of those two games these next two weeks it's like I, I we won't even have to give tickets away for that game like we were this yeah. week you know like yeah. the the players will speak for themselves the team will speak for themselves and the Duke game should be like maybe I sound crazy but almost sold out if we're two and one. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's settle down there, B turn, settle down. But uh, AB, you were there a long time on Friday. You got there a lot earlier than we did. Um, Thirty-five thousand show up. It's the it's the uh, biggest opening crowd. I mean, B turn's just hammering away at his food right now. Couldn't <laughs> be louder. Um, Thirty-five thousand in attendance, biggest in uh, eight years. So that was huge. I mean, AB, you spent a lot of time tailgating you saw the whole atmosphere like did 
did the day exceed your expectations? Did you, uh, you know, we talked, we had doubts about KU minus 32 and a half. Like it's, it's hard to truly grasp that when we've seen what we've seen so many times. Just give me your, give me your opening day thoughts. Uh, I noticed a lot of the conversation was like about the week two game. And if we could win that, which is like KU fans, we never, ever mm. like overlook a single game because we know we're going to win to talk about the next game that we think we could also win. And that might have yeah. just been because West Virginia played the night before. But no, Braden said it. It kind of felt different. It felt more like we were going to watch a football game and not to go just hammer beers in the grass lot for six hours and halfway pay yeah. attention to football. Like that was that was actually like really cool because it's only happened a handful of times since Mangino left. And uh, you know, hopefully there's more of that to come. And it was pretty awesome for me because like normally, like I was texting you the whole week, like Hannah uh, wasn't it her – She's a nurse, work was super short staff. She couldn't get off work. And normally I'd be like in meltdown mode, right? Like, what? how am I going to go to a football game and not tailgate for five hours? But I was kind of just like, well, whatever. I'll stop by the tailgate for an hour, uh, go in. But, like, I was truly excited to show up and watch the football game. And normally I'm excited to watch the football game, but only if I get to drink beers with my guys for, like, five hours before the football game. But this mm-hmm. time it, it – it absolutely felt different. So it was a great game day. Getting 35000 was awesome. I think that was something B-Turn threw out. We were talking there in a tailgate, and I was like, oh, 35 seems high. Like, just give me, like, 30, 32, and I'm happy. We get 35. Uh, that's big time. It shows the fan base is, uh, you know, the less miles era, I think there was a lot of buzz just because it's less miles. But I also don't think we ever quite saw the prog. Like, we said this all last year, like, progress show progress compete compete in games we finally started to see that last year and i think that does a ton for people wanting to show up and watch games like if they know that even if we're going to lose but we're going to compete and it's going to be an entertaining football game that completely changes how people view uh whether or not they go to a game so it felt like a legit 35k too like you see we sat across from the student section it was nearly full to the top um, and then we obviously couldn't see our side where we were sitting, like the whole view, but seeing pictures after it's like, you could barely see any empty seats at all. Yeah. And our side I was going to, awesome. I was shocked when I saw those pictures. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, like you guys said, you were just pumped to go watch a football game. I feel like a lot of that has to do with how we ended last year. Am I Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, J- and just the way like Brandon McAnderson laid it all out, like Jalen Daniels has now become like, must watch like I'm so excited to watch Jalen Daniels he I mean he's not all the way there yet but like he makes throws sometimes like that one you mentioned earlier where it's like holy this guy's gonna play in a league like that was a league throw um and then he has moments like the pick where you're like well what was that I mean he's gonna have those moments he's still like pretty inexperienced but like yeah seeing him late last year gets you super excited Devin Neal's Huge jump at the end of last year was obviously super exciting. So I think, yeah, just continuing to compete in games is what's going to continue to get people coming back week after week. It's those games where you lose, where it's 28-0 at the end of the first quarter, where it's like, why would someone come to those games? And, like, I I feel pretty good about Lance and his staff and this team. Like, I don't don't think we're going to see a ton of those anymore, hopefully. I mean, A.B., do you – is that fair? Or are we are we gonna have a moment this year? I mean, we probably will, but like, are we gonna have a moment this year where we may get like absolutely trounced? Do you see that happening? 
I mean, it would, it's probably going to happen just because it's still KU, but like, it's not a guarantee to happen at least three times a season or probably every single week like we've had before too. So um, I don't know. One, can I mention one thing about the attendance again? Just yeah. Before we get too far away from that. This is more of like to the people that run the stadium. Can we put like a flag or something on the bleachers behind the field goal club? Because it always makes the place look way more empty than it actually is. But no one can see shit behind the field goal club. And it just drives yeah. me nuts every time. And if that was full, yeah. the place actually kind of looks you know, fairly packed. I know, because that's that's one, of the, that's one of the things where, like, rival fan bases, they, yeah. instead of finding the picture of where we were sitting and where the students were, they're going to go find those, like, yeah. few sections. Which, yeah, maybe we could talk to someone about that. I don't know. But with J.D., I don't. I mean, it's a good idea. Like the no, touchdown no, club or whatever is back behind the field goal post. But with JD, yeah, it's like he's making throws outside the numbers, like left hash to the right sideline, like incredible throws. And Carter Stanley's our guy, and he was so good that year. We went. I think we won three games. We beat Texas Tech, almost beat Texas, and he was so good that year. Like no one talks about it. He was our best yeah. QB since Reasing, but JD's got to be the most complete. QB we've had since reasoning like the things he can do with his feet and the I mean BMAC called his arm Sunday arm talent like yeah he can he can move he had that design QB draw where he made a guy miss scored he can move on his feet make basically any throw on the field he wants like opposite hash throwing long bombs so dude yeah JD it's it's funny too like two years ago when he first started playing you could just see it with JD like I remember our fans probably us three tweeting about how good he could eventually be. Like you can just see the talent and the arm talent and he just loves playing the game. Like he's so much fun to watch. Oh yeah. He's great. Good dude. He cares a ton about the program. I love him and I'm so happy that we get him for a few more years. Um, Well, so yeah, we talked about JD. We talked a little bit about like Devin Neal having a bit, I mean, he only gets four carries, but he had a big time, uh, Big time performance, big time run. That it was the one time I went to the bathroom. I'm sitting at or at the in the bathroom, and I hear the crowd going nuts because Devin Neal's taking it back for 80, 80 yards. So it's just like, <laughs> of course I missed it. But no, I mean I the the offense obviously did their thing. They were fine. They did what you expected them to do. But like the thing that I think we were talking about the most, we were most excited about the most was like Lonnie Phelps was incredible. That dude is a monster and it's like you know sometimes in past games we'll be on the field with uh like a a team like that and you'll look out there and you'll be like god we don't even look like we're that much bigger or we're that much more talented like there's sometimes not as big of a difference as it feels like there should be Lonnie Phelps looked like a pro playing against a bunch of college kids which I know that won't continue to be the case because Oklahoma Baylor those guys are full of Lonnie Phelps. Well, like it was pretty nice to just see a guy out there manhandling an offensive line, getting to the quarterback almost whenever he wanted. How many, I don't, I can't remember how many sacks he had, but yeah, I got his, his numbers. He had seven tackles, four tackles for loss and three sacks. I mean, did you see his big 12 defensive player of the week, which is pretty awesome. Okay. You don't know that very often. I know people, um, kind of, don't take PFF seriously all the time or kind of make fun yeah. of their grades, but did you see his PFF grade? I don't think I did. I like, saw the offensive grades, but... 96.2. Oh, my God. Which oh, is out of this world, bad. and out of everyone, 
I mean, BMAC talked about the whole roster last week. He talked about third stringers. He talked about dudes that were coming in next year and had us hyped about everything. And I'm not just saying this because he went off, but the one person he had me the most excited about was by far Lonnie Phelps. Just the way you saw BMAC's face light up when he started talking about him and talking about how much energy he plays with doesn't take off plays. And so I was locked in on number 47 Friday night, and he was just – he was better than BMAC said. Like – I couldn't have been more impressed with anyone else. Like JD, I expect him to ball out against Tennessee Tech, but Lonnie Phelps has me pumped. And I kind of worried about the D line before the year, but BMAC got us excited about him. And Lonnie Phelps is just, he was outstanding. And that was, was I mean, that, that might have been the biggest pickup we've had in the offseason just because we needed pass rush so bad. And we got him pretty late compared to the other transfers. And that was what we said. Like we said all off season, like, okay, we got the transfer portal that can only help us, right? That's going to help us, but we got to go get guys that can make immediate impacts. It can't be uh, guys that sit back and still are second string trying to earn their way to a starting spot. Like Lonnie Phelps was obviously great. Big 12 defense player of the week. Eric Gilliard, he had five tackles, one pick, like he's another transfer. So my probably biggest takeaway from the game is the fact that it did feel like our, transfers are actually going to be impact players and i know craig young i mean he was good he didn't have like a major moment but i think he was really solid all all game i don't know what his stats were but he definitely was he was fine he was playing good so it was nice to see the transfers step in and kind of live i mean lonnie phelps in my opinion went over expectations but like they just came in and showed that like we actually did we had needs we went out we found guys and they're filling those needs we needed and so that got me excited because it feels like we have some talent at positions we necessarily haven't always had a ton of talent so it uh it feels good but like i said it's like how much do we take into fact like how much do we factor into Tennessee Tech? <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> They're so That's the bad. worst team I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> like it was, I mean, I'm not even trying to be super disrespectful, but I'm just sitting there laughing on both sides of the ball, special teams. Like the field goal that we returned was the funny the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like the dude. I don't know if I think we blocked it, but the dude didn't get the ball up in the air at all. And then Jacoby Bryant picks it up. And the way the holder tried to tackle him was so funny. He's just grabbing his jersey from behind, trying to tackle Jacoby Bryant. And he had no route to taking that back, and he just flew by everybody. Like, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee Tech gets the ball coming out, and they have third and nine, and they run the speed option. And I just I immediately tried to get on my sports book online which there was no service in the stadium like i immediately tried to get on and take ku because i didn't get any money on them before but yeah. yeah the play calling was questionable um the special teams was the worst their punter kicked it punted it to the 20 yard line from the back of the end zone and it backspun <laughs> to the 15 but yeah that was so fun to watch and i hope i can find tennessee tech spreads some weeks <laughs> Dude, yeah, they had a punt where they would have been better just running like a halfback draw, like a running back draw up the middle, try to get like seven yards. Like it was so funny to, but that was also the nice part. Like to get serious again, it's normally KU doing those things, right? Like we're the ones getting our field goal blocked and it's not even close. Like the guys there before our guy can even basically kick the ball, or we're the guys whose punt 
goes 17 yards, flies out of bounds, and we're just sitting there in the stadium looking at each other like, what is wrong? Like, that's been the most frustrating part about KU football the past 10 years is, like, we're not only just bad, we're doing things that, like, D2 football programs don't do. Like, we've done things. Like, I saw the Montel Cozart spike or fumbled fumbled spike the other day. Like, it – Oh, my God. To think that, I mean, to see a KU football team the other night that was the one, you know, forcing the other team to make mistakes. We were the one far more composed. We were the team that was better prepared. We had a great game plan. We just looked like a legitimate, I'm not saying a good Big 12 football team, but we looked like we could, you could say we belong in the Big 12. Whereas I don't think in a while it's felt like that. So it was nice to just see like, to sit there and be able to laugh at Tennessee Tech and be like, my goodness, this team stinks. Because normally it's us looking at each other being like, holy smokes, we stink. And yeah. so, I mean. You still got to take care nice. of business and execute. And we did yeah. basically all night. Like I said, we scored 56 points. Could have been 63. We turned it over on downs inside the three or two yard line or whatever. But, yeah, you still got to take care of business and execute. Like we played Southeast Missouri a few years ago and we were up like 30 and Simo ended up scoring 28 in the fourth quarter to make it a game. It's like we were big favorites then, and we made it interesting against Simo. But it's like, I don't know, K-State fans are kind of giving us shit for getting this excited about the team. It's like, dude, we haven't had shit to be excited about in over a decade. It's like, what yeah. do you expect? We don't ever blow teams out, and we only win a couple games a year, like just keeping it real. Um, we're going to get excited about, especially the way we ended last year. Like we just had a ton of momentum, and – Leipold finally had a full off season. So I think there's plenty of reason to be excited. And even next week, I know it's 12 point spread, which yeah, that would probably tell you we're going to lose. But like Ryan said uh, last week, it's like, that's a respectable spread for KU. Yeah. And it should at least be a contest and not a blowout. Like mostly yeah. we're 20 point dogs on the road against a big 12 team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's let's talk Westfall because, I don't know, I don't have a ton more on Tennessee Tech. I think it, it's just kind of self-explained. I mean, we looked fine. We looked good. We did what we needed to do. Um I want to talk Westfall because V turn. I mean, you you keep saying it. You're like, can you imagine if we win this game? Like, what that can do to the excitement of this program? And I don't think it's fair to necessarily say, hey, let's go win this game. But DraftKings has it. Ku plus thirteen. Um, 
Westfall is coming off a loss. I think we've joked all summer it's a letdown game. I don't know if it still is now because no. you really don't want to be 0-2 heading into Big 12 play for them or whenever. Or I guess they're technically in Big 12 play. But I don't know. A.B., where are you at on the line? You know, minus 13 Westfall. They – I don't know. I thought it was kind of imp- – I know Westfall lost Thursday, but, like, I thought it was kind of impressive they went into Pitt. That atmosphere was awesome. It was, like, the biggest crowd in Pitt football history. And Westfall, I know they had some hilarious, like, meltdowns, but, like, they also could have easily won that game. So, I don't know. Where do you – feel? how are you feeling about the spread? Not necessarily can we win or not, but, like, do you think we're we're in this game in the fourth quarter? Oh, that's so hard. I think so, but that's just me being optimistic. I just don't know how much I can take awesome. from Friday night. But yeah, if it gets over two touchdowns, I think you have to take it. But at 13, it's kind of like, I mean, they could win 38-24, and we hung with it even in the fourth quarter and couldn't do shit. So. Can we clip AB saying, oh, it's so hard? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we should. Why not? Um, before before I get into West of all, I want to ask you guys a question. Um mm-hmm. Say we do beat West Vaugh, are you guys going to get your hopes all the way up for the Houston game? Like, I could just see us being yes. insanely confident, being like, holy shit, we can go into Houston and maybe win. Houston Dude, almost Houston. lost this last weekend, and then they got to go to Texas Tech next weekend. They're an underdog right now. So it's like there's a good chance that they don't look great for two weeks, and we look pretty good for the first two weeks and absolutely talk ourselves into it. And also, yeah, yeah go ahead, Rye. I want you to answer that. I was just going to say, like, I mean – Houston, all of a sudden, like I asked this to AB on Saturday. I was like, is Houston all of a sudden more winnable than Westfall? Like, I know we we circled Westfall all year because they were kind of a Big 12 team that looked down in Houston. Their preseason ranked, you know, they they looked really good last year. It's like is – but now, I mean, I know UTSA is good. Like, UTSA is no bad program. It was a road game. That crowd was electric inside that dome or whatever. But I don't know. I all of a sudden, as I watched that game, and Houston ended up winning, but, like, I watched that game and was like, wait, maybe we're circling the wrong game here. Like, maybe we lose to Westfall. That's fine. But then we go and we beat Houston, and then it's the Duke game where it's like it's must win. That crowd needs to be 40K plus, and we need to be – absolutely hype for that new game if you can win if you can lose to westfall beat houston then that's where you're at i just i don't know i don't think neither of them will likely happen but i do feel like this team proved that they'll like i think we're gonna compete in these games like i and maybe maybe we get blown out in one and we compete in the other which i'd probably take that i don't know i guess would you guys take that if i say we we lose the westfall by three but we lose to houston by 30 uh, it's almost I mean? worse. It's almost worse to lose in a close game too. Like you get your yeah. hopes up and you're so pumped to get a dub. Like it sounds stupid, but it's almost better to get blown out sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine, just, imagine so being many, one and two and heading and, into the Duke game, and we've lost the last two games by twenty plus, and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, we gotta win this one. Well, that's why I would flip the two. So let's get blown out by West Fox, compete with Houston, and then you're building yeah. momentum back up while you're going home. If you lose by 30 points in Houston, then it's just going to be kind of dead regardless of what happens at West Fox. That's um, what sucks, though. It's like I loss. feel like, I mean, fans are, no matter what fan base you are, you're going to want wins. So it's like what's attendance going to be? What's the hype going to be going, coming back to the booth against Duke if you're one and two? 
like, yeah, if you compete, that's awesome. And you can see the program, the culture changing and things like that. But it just worries me a little bit. It's like, well, people actually like people say people from out of state or people that live in Wichita, like, well, they make that much effort to come to the booth to watch a one and two team and the spread will probably be close. But then it's there's just so many scenarios because say Houston beats tech next week. Houston's going to be ranked when we go there. And if we compete or beat a ranked team like the Duke game is going to be outstanding, like that crowd's going to be awesome. So I don't know. I don't I mean, I, I it, I guess it depends how we play this weekend, but I wonder if the spread against Houston will be closer than West Vaughn, depending on how we play Saturday. Just because if yeah. they're if it's like a if you said they're a dog against Tech, and I think Tech they might have lost their starting QB on Saturday. I don't know. Yeah, if that's they, for he's sure, out for he's out for at least two weeks. I think I saw. So that's kind of crazy that they're a dog against Tech, which Tech seems like a team that's near the bottom of the Big Twelve and a team that we could be that could be a close spread when we play them. So I'm wondering if tech, because there's another book that has plus 16 at West Vaughn this week. And I wonder if the KU Houston spread would be closer, like a little around 12 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm at the point where I'm often at, but I'm just like, let's, let's look competent. Let's compete the next two weeks. uh, And then let like, me and AB, we had this conversation. Like, have we gotten overconfident on the Duke game? Like, yeah. Like all of a sudden, like the over two and a half, which we feel incredible about. I think we all bet on it. The over two and a half is dead if we don't beat Duke. I feel like I don't know. So like I don't. I just want us to be really competitive these next two games. Even if we lose by fourteen to Westfall, let it be like late touchdown. That you know, I don't. I don't need us to have the ball with the ball in our hands with a chance to win for me to leave the Westfall game feeling good. I just want us to, I want to be locked in for four quarters. Like I want to enjoy mm-hmm. every second of that football game watching it. And I don't want it to be one where you turn it off or you're flipping to another game because it's, it's 31 seven with heading into the fourth quarter. So uh, that's what I want. My biggest thing over the next month is just like, I want to be showing up to that Duke game. Like we said earlier, we were we came to the stadium excited to watch football. We didn't come necessarily. I mean, AB did, but like it wasn't all about tailgating, like it often is. It was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, all about watching this football team and seeing how much progress they made in the off season. And like, I don't know, I'm so pumped for that Duke game, but I want to stay pumped for that Duke game. These next two weeks are gonna gonna be what determines that. I, think. I got I got another question for you guys. Is this West Virginia game the most excited you've been about a conference game since that K-State game when Les was here, when the crowd was full? Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think what other game would be because – We had 2020, and that was like the worst year ever. And then 2021. last year, did we have hopes going into the Texas game? Had we started to look good yet? No, we were one and eight or one and nine. So we hadn't started looking good yet. We hung with Oklahoma, but we were like a 30-point dog in Austin. Like, we weren't thinking we were going to win that game. The other one could be when we beat Boston College and we came home against, it might have been, was it West Virginia when we almost got that onside kick? And I think we were offsides or something. But I don't know, just like we've been saying the end of the year last year, coming into this year, and then you look really good against Tennessee Tech, who stinks, but that we still looked good. And then a 12 of, what, 14-point spread on Saturday? Like it's sad that we get pumped about a fourteen point spread, but 
<laughs> like we said, it's always 20 plus on the road. Yeah. I so mean, I, I don't know. I think we can compete in like that's. I don't know. I, I I guess I don't know enough about Westfall. Like I know they they clearly were decent on Thursday. You guys yeah. watched a lot more of that game than me. Like they probably looked pretty solid to be in that game late, but I don't know. They're definitely not like a team where I'm like one thousand percent confident KU is going to get destroyed by. Like I just I don't think there's any reason to think that we can't compete. And so. Yeah. That will be what's disappointing to me is if we just roll in there and lay an egg, which it could happen. It doesn't mean the season's over if it happens, but I don't know. I want to ride, continue to ride momentum that we saw at the end of last year and just keep it yeah. keep it going. But one of their dudes I, uh, is out for the first half, too, because of the targeting shit that's still a rule. Take that. I don't, I don't know how good he is or how good his backup is or what position he even plays. I just remember seeing a guy get thrown out of the game. At like four um, so. I want to I talk about Westfall a little bit. Um mm-hmm. This game, like the biggest deciding factor by far is in the trenches. Um, their defensive line is just full of beasts, like monsters. And besides our wide res- our receiving corps, I would say offensive line is probably the sketchiest part. They, they didn't look amazing on Friday night, and they got better uh, throughout the year last year. But our O-line has to be good to great on Saturday to have a chance, I think. Um, especially the running game would help JD so much. Running game gets going, the O-line's blocking, and opens a lot of things for J.D., but their defensive line is just stacked. And I was reading Jayhawk slant earlier, too, and um, J.T. Daniels, the transfer from Georgia, the QB, starting QB for West Virginia, he had an 85 PFF grade with a clean pocket. And when he was pressured or blitz, he had a 48.8 PFF grade. So if Lonnie Phelps, Caleb Sampson – all the guys yeah. on the defensive line can put pressure on JT Daniels, make it tough on him, not give him too many clean pockets. That could change the game completely. So offensive line, defensive line is just massive for Saturday, and I really yeah. don't know how how other else to put it. Like if we can put you pressure mentioned... on JT Daniels and if our O-line yeah. can just be solid, like just not get beat every play because West Virginia just has a nasty defensive line. Sounds like we're taking the under. Yeah, I think I like if we defense. want us to, if we want us to compete, I think the unders definitely got to be the play because I don't, uh, I don't know. I guess you think back to like Texas last year; it just took us slinging the ball all mm-hmm. all game, but and running really effectively. But interesting little stat that our guy Scott Chasen uh, tweeted yesterday, which I want to clarify. He said he was just having some fun with stats, and we are also having fun. We're not going to overreact, boys. We're not going to overreact. But after one game, Jalen Daniels ranks number three in the nation in ESPN's QBR, right ahead of Alabama's Bryce Young. He sucks. Mm, I mean, talk about Heisman, but I'm not two folks that'll be in New York in December. Dude, and then just the the potential of our offense has me so pumped too. Because like you see that running back room, and it's not a joke at all. I think Kai Thomas had me a little worried Friday night. He just didn't look crazy explosive. But you got Devin Neal who went for four four carries for 108. Savion had eight for 70. Highshaw five for 56. Devin Neal had two touchdowns. Savion scored. Highshaw scored. And that running back room is just so good. Like Devin Neal rolling out with three of them lined up to start the game. That was pretty funny. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Tanaka Scott will be back next week. I know he was, he got in a little trouble with Trevor Wilson, but it would be so nice to have another receiver. And I thought, I don't know about you guys, but I thought Lawrence Arnold looked really good. Kind of looked like a security blanket for JD on third downs. Just was finding um, Lawrence Arnold. So I think the potential of this offense is awesome. Like I said, if the running game can open up like that, like just think about all the stuff JD can do. Like QB reads, like taking it, running. He's so good on his feet and can make any throw, like we said, on the field. So if we can get the run game going with that, I mean, it's basically a four-headed monster in the backfield. So I'm just really excited about the offense going forward. Yep. Um, but the JD thing's crazy. What, like, What is the over on Saturday? Do we know that yet? Let me look. I forgot to look at it earlier. Um... <laughs> Anyways, I want to wrap this up with let's make some official predictions on a couple yeah, games. I like that. Mainly, uh, so KU Westfall, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, KU is 13-point underdogs. The over-under, 57. I do like the under. I do like the under. Um, B-turn, <laughs> I'm going to put pressure on you first. Give me a score prediction. Do they cover? What's the score over-under? Uh Go. You said the over-under is what? 57. I'll go – I think we're going to compete in Morgantown. I'm kind of worried that they lost. I really wanted them to win because they would have had a win over a ranked team coming back home, maybe looking forward to other teams. So I really wanted them to win that game. Now they're going to be pissed off. Um, so I think, I think we'll lose, but I think we'll compete. I'll say 31-20 West Virginia. That's what I was literally about to say. I'm so annoyed that you just took that. I felt like that was the perfect prediction. I love that prediction. <laughs> it includes a missed extra point, probably. Like, that's something we'll do. Uh, okay, so you got the under, and you've got KU covering slightly. AB, what about you? 28-24 Hawks. I, I, just got a, I just got a feeling. I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling. Money line plus three eighty. You sprinkling? I'm yeah, a little dabble. I'm, I'm not it's even trying to be. I'm not even trying to be a homer, but I really do think we can win this game. Like I'm not. I'm not going to say West Virginia is going to blow us out, and it's not going to yeah. be close. I really think we have a shot to win this game. I, I think West I Virginia think is going to be very publicly back too. If I were to guess, just because they were mm-hmm. like the primetime game on for the first night of college football. Mm-hmm. And everyone watched them play. They have names that people know because JT Daniels was at Georgia. And yeah. everyone knows KU is like the worst power five football team yeah. in the country for the last decade. So I, I feel like that line's going to go up to two touchdowns by the end of the week, if not more. I feel like we're yeah. going to be a joke in everyone's eyes in the gambling world for yeah. a long time. It's like when the Tennessee Tech line came out, like everyone's like, dude, it's KU. It's Kansas. Like yeah. there's no way they're yeah. covering. We said it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what we've seen. Um, I'm going to go 31-23. I like 31-20. I'm going to go 31-23. Assume we <laughs> attack on a field goal somewhere along the lines. But, yeah, I agree. I don't think we're getting blown out. Like, I just – I think this team, they they looked super prepared, super composed. We didn't make a lot of dumb mistakes the other night. Um, I think we're going to play. I think we're going to be in a competitive game. So, I like 31-23. The other game, real quick, I don't want to spend a ton of time on us, but on this, yes, but we got to talk about it. K-State, Missouri, what are we cheering for in that game? I mean, here's how I look at these things. I look at what is more funny, what will make Twitter Mm -hmm. more funny, and the answer is easy. 
The answer is so easy. K-State losing this game would make Twitter hilarious. M-I-Z, baby. M-I-Z-Z-O-U, right? That's the chant. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, the yeah. Tigers and, winning will be funny. It will be no, funny. Fly does. If, uh, if Adrian Martinez struggles too, like that's, I just love seeing K-State fans melt down. And it's already been like a, it's already been like an argument between him and Casey Thompson, like Nebraska lost week one and they're already talking shit saying they got Amart and I don't know. It's just funny. It would best, be funny if he struggles a little bit. Here's the best possible scenario. It's like, uh, uh, Missouri's up like 21, 20 or 31, 30 or something something where k-state needs a late drive and adrian martinez does something hilarious like throws a pick or fumbles like you would have at nebraska and like just gets <laughs> roasted um it'd be funny i uh like we talked who do we cheer for in that game and I, i've just come down to what will make me chuckle more as i scroll twitter on the weekend and it's definitely k-state losing in some yeah. sort of fashion like this so shout out to our uh producer tucker he'll like to hear that uh <laughs> We're I feel like on the Tiger train. If Amart did cost them the game, I feel like K State fans' mindset on him would change so quick. Because all off yeah, all all off season they've just been saying like, "Well, the only reason Amart didn't win is because it's Nebraska. Like Nebraska is a train wreck. Like if he costed them the game, they'd be like, oh, well, I guess they were right. Like put in, yeah, Rubley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just pic- right. I can picture it. Yeah, it'd be funny. It'd be funny. But I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think K-State wins that game. I like a minus eight and a half, too. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Hammer hammer the Cats minus eight and a half. Uh, I think that's all we got for this weekend. This week, you guys, uh, you got anything else? I just, I mean, I think we just, we got to clean up a few mistakes on Saturday. Like, Luke Grimm kind of looks sketchy catching punts, which... If you muff a punt and gets a Big 12 team on the road, like you're giving them seven points pretty much. And then yeah, JD threw JD threw an awful pick, which he said after the game, he thought he, thought he saw a window he could fit through. It's like in triple coverage. And then we kind of ran like a little option play where he pitched it like crazily. We ended up recovering it, but it's just – and then we missed a field goal. So just got to clean up on little mistakes. And that's why we're all pumped about Lance and the staff. Like their attention to detail and things like that are great and – I'm sure they'll have it cleaned up, but yeah, muff punts, dude. There's nothing worse. And you saw an LSU game, LSU game last night, twice. Yep. Can't have it. All right. Well, it's a good episode. It's always good to give a little recap after a win. So uh, we will be back next week, hopefully recapping the Hawks being one and zero in the Big Twelve and two and zero on the season. So if we start two and zero, we're gonna talk bowling. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, I already have my argument. Looking at flights. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon. Rock Chalk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.